And today, as I was really just kind of considering what to share with everybody, the Lord showed to me something very clearly, and I'm calling it today a small wonder. A small wonder. And yes, I'm talking about Jesus here. But before I jump into the verses, we will be in Luke chapter 1, just so everybody knows. I, I, I want to say this statement real quick. That the size of the gift does not determine the size of the impact. The size of the gift does not determine the size of the impact. How many of you as kids, I know there are still some, you know, youth and younger people in the room, but as kids, you, you got some type of gift that was like big, big in size. Anybody get a big gift for Christmas at some point in your life? And how many of you received a big gift that ended up breaking like a couple days later? And you're like, this is so pointless, right? I, I, I remember growing up and my parents told me probably year after year, uh, my mom's in the room. I am not talking bad about you, okay? I promise. But, but they told me year after year, because I would ask, I'd say, get me a remote control like truck or car, you know, those big ones. Not the big ones you sit in, but the big ones that have the remote control, right? And, and, and they go around and they'd always be like, no. And I asked for it all the time and they said, no. I've experienced trauma until 2022 about that. <laughs> kidding, kidding, kidding. And, uh, and I always disagreed with them. I was like, this is crazy. Why won't they give it to me? You know, they gave me tons of other good stuff, but they wouldn't give me that. And so when I became a father, I was like, I'm going to give my kids what my parents never gave me. I didn't really say it like that, Mom. Okay, I really didn't. But, um, and so... I got one of my kids, it's probably Caleb when he was, you know, he was the oldest, and, and I got him a remote control car. And then very quickly I realized why my parents never bought one for me. Because those things, number one, break down in like two minutes. Or if you ever got the remote control helicopters and then it hits a wall and then it's broken and you're done, like you're done. You just spent 50 bucks and it's done in two minutes. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Or if the thing does survive, it takes like four or six size D batteries, and you're going to have to spend $100 a month just to replace the batteries because the batteries last like 30 minutes. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But yet you can get something much smaller compared to that, like a phone, a smartphone, that actually is capable of doing much more than a remote-controlled vehicle is able to do. The size of the gift does not determine the size of its impact. And I want to share with you today out of Luke about a small wonder, and this small wonder obviously is Jesus, the baby Jesus. And, and I want to talk through this because there's something that I believe that is so important for us in this season. Luke chapter 1. I want to start in verse 23, which says this, when Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Now, let me be clear. Zechariah had been in the temple, and he had an encounter in the temple. And God spoke to him and told him that his wife, who was really old, that had never had a child, that his wife was going to have 
a child. And that child was going to be, anybody know the name? John, who became known as John the Baptist, right? So after he has an encounter, verse 23, he returns home. Soon afterward, verse 24, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. In verse 25, she says, how kind the Lord is. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. Do we have a good God? And look what he did for Elizabeth, right? Takes away her shame, takes away her disgrace. And that culture to be, to not have a child was to be considered cursed by God. And so her disgrace is taken away by God. She has this child. Then it says this, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, everybody say sixth month. That's a hard two words to say together. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named who? Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. And then right after this is the encounter between Mary and the angel Gabriel, where the angel Gabriel tells her, that she's going to give birth to Jesus, right? So, so we have two encounters here. We have the encounter of um, Zechariah, who's with, with, with the angel in the temple. And then we have the encounter with Mary and the angel Gabriel, who's going to have a baby as well. And my message today is not about both of those encounters. That just sets it up for where this is going to go. And so how far along was Elizabeth in her pregnancy? She was... Six months along. Okay, this is important. Verse 39. So we're going to jump until after Mary's encounter with the angel. And it says this, a few days later, everybody say it with me, a few days, there you go. Mary hurried, she hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and who did she greet in the house? Elizabeth, so I, I, I want you to see this. The angel Gabriel, when the angel comes to visit Mary, tells Mary that, of course, she's going to give birth, but also tells Mary that Elizabeth, in her old age, was also pregnant. So what is Mary's reaction to finding out all of this? Is her reaction to sit at home and hang out and think about the good news of what God is doing with her, even though what God was doing with her, let's be clear, was even greater than what God was doing with Elizabeth, right? I mean, it wasn't Elizabeth giving birth to Jesus. It was Mary giving birth to Jesus. But rather than just sitting home and be like, I won the lottery of all divine lotteries, right? Um, she actually hurries and makes her way to Elizabeth's house. She wants to go there and greet Elizabeth because of what she heard about what was happening. And then it says this in verse 41, at the sound of Mary's greeting, everybody read this part with me, the rest of this verse, Elizabeth's child leaped within her and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. How many can say amen? Okay, now this, this my friends, is so powerful. And I, I want you to, to think about this. Now, now let me be clear, I have preached about this story before, but, but I want to share something that, that I really 
hadn't fully thought of before. Because remember that Elizabeth is how far along in her pregnancy? Six months. But my question to you is, how far along is Mary in her pregnancy? A few days. You see, I, I, I think when we imagine Mary, like typically, I mean, if somebody tells you so-and-so is pregnant, what do you automatically visualize inside of your head? You imagine the baby bump, right? Like everybody does that. But that is actually not the case with Mary. Mary is only a few days pregnant when she shows up to Elizabeth's house. Meaning that, that Jesus is this big. He's not six months along. He's a few days along. He might not even have arms or legs at this point. Definitely not even a beating heart. Not yet. This is Jesus. I want you to catch this. This is Jesus at the point when John the Baptist is filled with the Holy Spirit in Elizabeth's womb. And then Elizabeth afterwards is filled with the Holy Spirit as well. Jesus is this big. The small few cells of Jesus is powerful enough to cause John in Elizabeth's womb to literally jump in her womb. This Jesus, this small little wonder, is able to accomplish something that you and I can never do at this size. And my friends, I want to tell you today that you and I need to never underappreciate the small things of God. Because the small things of God are the power of God to do far beyond anything that you can ask, think, or imagine. You know, this is, this is amazing to me. And it truly is what Jesus is capable of doing. And to actually put it this way, when it says the child leaped within her. Now, I have obviously never been pregnant. That is not an experience I've ever had. But there's plenty of moms in the room. And, uh, and, and you've been pregnant. And you know what it is for your baby to move around. But I don't know that any woman knows what it's like to have a John the Baptist inside of your womb jumping around like he was doing. And how did he do it? I have no idea. But he did. To get the description, not like, I feel him kicking, but to be like, he is jumping inside of me. I mean, did he have like a divine trampoline going on in there? What is happening? It is literally the power of God that is at work inside of Elizabeth's womb because of the presence of Jesus. And my friends, I want to tell you that there is no limit to what God is able to do, even if the size that it comes in seems to be very small. You know, I, I, I remember Elijah who 
went to a cave and spent some time there and God shows up at the cave and 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 I've preached on this before but there was a there was you know like an earthquake and there was wind and and each time it goes through these big different things in the story and then says that God was not there in that but then at the very end it says then there was a whisper God whispered everybody say God whispered I believe in a powerful God who can do mighty, incredible things and who parts the Red Sea, who parts the Jordan River, a God who rises from the dead. I believe all of these big things, but let me tell you something. The power of God is just as present in the small whispers that he sends our way. And so often we miss what God is doing because we think he only shows up in the big ways. Let me tell you, he showed up with just a few cells, but those few cells were enough to fill a woman to overflowing with the Spirit of God. Verse 42 says this, Elizabeth gave a glad cry, that word glad is loud, a loud cry, and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is what? Yeah, not your child will be blessed. No, no, no. Your child is blessed. This Jesus is already blessed. He's not growing into blessing. He is blessed as he is. Come on, give that applause to God if you're going to give it strong. Now, you may not fully understand what I'm even trying to get across for some of you here, and others got it already, but, but, but I want you to get this. Today, Jesus is seated on his throne at the right hand of the Father. He is governing, he is ruling and reigning. Who believes that? But let me tell you something, that this Jesus and the Jesus who is on his throne is not different in power. The same power that Jesus reigns and rules with today, his eternal omnipotence was located right here in this little baby inside of Mary's womb. And so in the same way, God can show up in small ways but can do powerful things in our lives. It can take just a thought from the Spirit, a word from God, a little door that is open. You know what? Sometimes what we're looking for, the big door, that we don't realize that the little door will send us into a big thing of God on the other side. But we're looking, we're going, that door is too small. God is not going to do that, huh? I've had enough experiences in my life to know that God sometimes does the big things, but sometimes he shows up in small ways to see if I will trust him enough to walk through the small things that he wants to do because those things will turn into big things later on. And she says this, she says, why am I so honored? This, this phrase, it actually, what it literally means in the Greek is, how can this be? Like, how is this happening to me? And what is she talking about, Elizabeth? She's not talking about her own pregnancy. No, she says, why am I so honored? How can this be that the mother of my who? of my Lord should visit me. Now I wanna tell you something that maybe you've never thought of before. Mary walked into the house. She's got no baby bump, my friends. And the story does not tell us that she told Elizabeth that she was pregnant. 
So how does number one, Elizabeth figure out that Mary is pregnant? And secondly, that is she is pregnant not with just some random kid, but she is pregnant with the Savior of the world. That the mother of my Lord should visit me. Well, the answer to that is actually really clear in chapter 1. In verse 15, we don't have it on the screen or in the bulletin, but verse 15 actually says this. When, when Zechariah was in the temple, Zechariah was hearing this word of the Lord from the angel, and the angel says, for he, talking about John the Baptist, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. Now listen to me. If you're with me, say amen. All right, I, I want you to get this. Talking about John, he says, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Watch this. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth, the angel told Zechariah. So watch what happens. Elizabeth is in the house, and all of a sudden, John jumps up inside of her womb, and then she is filled with the Holy Spirit. But I want you to see the order that this happens in. It's so important. Let's go back to verse 40, if we could. And in verse 40, uh, she entered the house and greeted. So Mary entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. And, and Jesus walks in. Mary greets her. And then at the sound of Mary's greeting, in verse 41, first... Elizabeth's child is filled with the Spirit. Leaps within him. And just in case you think, well, it doesn't say he was filled with the Spirit. No, no, no. This is actually very clear. Because he is not leaping inside of her womb because he got some, like, nice food or something. He is leaping in her womb because of the presence of Almighty God that is right there. But it starts with John, then it spreads to the rest of Elizabeth. And Elizabeth all of a sudden remembers the word to her husband that her child, before he is born, would be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then she goes, I got it too. And then this must be my Lord who walked into this house right now. And she knows it. And she knows it. Oh, he came in a small package. And then he starts with the baby in Elizabeth's womb, small beginning, but then spreads it to the rest of Elizabeth. All of you get filled. And um, in verse 44, it says, when I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for what? For joy. This is another sense that we get of the Holy Spirit at work because when the baby, when John jumped for joy, that word joy, everybody say the word joy. This is not just like regular joy. This is like exceeding joy. It's like the, the videos that you guys watch of people that, you know, or kids that get the gift they never thought they were going to get for Christmas. And then they either break down in tears and they're just sobbing for joy or they start just running around the house and, you know, just like crazy people. And because they are so what? Joyful at that which they have received. And right now, here's John in the womb who is filled with not just any joy, but exceeding joy. Great 
joy. And then Elizabeth says, you are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. The size of the gift does not determine the size of the impact. Jesus might enter into your world in small ways or in big ways, but he will always accomplish big things no matter the size he comes in, no matter the way that he shows up. And if you would believe in what God is able to do, it will absolutely change your life. Now, I believe that God can do wonderful things in my life. Who believes God can do wonderful things in your life? But, but, but I want you to, I, I, I want you to uh, imagine a few things with me for a moment. I, I want to kind of jump back a little bit and, and talk through this so that way we can understand verse 42, if we could. Actually, verse 41, uh, my fault, verse 41. Um, we hear in verse 41, what does it say right at the beginning? At the sound, right? So did Mary speak to Elizabeth? Yes, of course, she greeted her. But, but now I want you to go back to verse 40 and watch what it says right there at the very end of verse 40. She entered the house and greeted. Everybody say the word greeted. Yeah, so she greeted Elizabeth. Now, now everybody with me is, is thinking probably that she spoke in that moment. And, and she did, but, but there's something else going on here. But, but, but I want to, before I say that, um, she enters the house and she greeted Elizabeth. Now, how I grew up in my Anglo family, I mean, we, we have uh, some kind of cultural ways of being because, you know, my dad was a missionary in, in South America. And so we have some cultural ways of being. That, that, that are Hispanic, and we have some other cultural ways of being that are very Anglo, and so we were, I kind of grew up with a mix of different things, not on the food front, but on, the, on just the way we were as a family type of front. And, um, and, and one thing is, it, it's typically normal, typically normal, that in Anglo society, that if you walk into the house, there will be somebody that's specifically like the owner of the house or the host that is there to greet you when you walk in. So it is the responsibility of the host of the house to greet those who have come in. Am I making sense to everybody? But when I started dating my wife and I showed up to her house, I walked into the house thinking that everybody was going to greet me and nobody said hi to me. And I was so offended. I'm like, what is going on here? What type of people are these people? They're pastors too, right? Even worse. I didn't actually think of it like that, okay? And then guess what? They were probably thinking the same thing because in Hispanic culture, it's the person that comes to the house that makes sure to walk around and say hi to everybody. And it is disrespectful if you show up to the house and don't go around and say hi to everybody. So I was waiting for them to greet me, and they were waiting for me to greet them, and so we were just all offended all over the place. Well, the least I can say is that Hispanic culture seems to mirror Jewish culture a little more closely because Mary shows up, and it's Mary who greets Elizabeth, not Elizabeth who greets Mary, now, now I want you to capture this though. This is so important. 
When Mary shows up, that word greeting right there, when she greeted Elizabeth in the Greek, is not so much a word about words as it is an action word. Pastor Alberto, why don't you stand up real quick? This, this, this action word, well, what, what you guys would probably expect is if Mary greeted Elizabeth, or if I'm greeting Alberto, I, I'm walking up to him, right? And I'm greeting him. But there's another sense to this word in the Greek that has an idea of, I, yes, I am initiating, but what I do is I actually come up and I pull him close to me. Come on. You stayed standing up. That was good. You can sit down. Thank you. It's not just I walk up to him and just give him, you know, a nice little pat on the back. I am grabbing him. Sometimes there's probably some guys in the room that do this. When you see a, a, a little boy especially, you might walk up to him and he puts out his hand and you grab his hand and pull him towards you to give him a hug, right? And uh, ladies do that too, but I've seen a lot more guys. And, and, uh, and, and that type of idea, this is what Mary is doing. Now, obviously, she's not going crazy with a six-month pregnant woman, right? But, but she, th this is the idea of the greeting, that she is drawing her close. And um, it makes me think that in this season, I would, I would really like to be like Elizabeth. I would really like to be like Elizabeth that when Jesus shows up and draws me close, that I would enter into his embrace. That when Jesus shows up, even if he comes in a small little package, that I would enter in and I would say, Jesus, I am yours. Do with me what you want. I want to be like Elizabeth. I want to enter into that which Jesus has for me, whether it is big, it's medium, it's small, the size does not matter. What matters is that it is Jesus. And I want Jesus. I want to be like Elizabeth. Look at somebody close to you and tell them, you need to be like Elizabeth. But my friends, I don't just want to be like Elizabeth. I also want to be like Mary. I also want to be like Mary. Because what Mary did is she rushed filled with the presence of God, she rushed, she hurried to somebody. Oh, a woman that she loved, that had need, because Elizabeth was essentially shut in in her house. And she rushes over to her. And she greets her. She embraces her. And through the work of Jesus, which is literally inside of her, Elizabeth and John are filled with the Spirit of God. I want to be like Mary. Let me tell you something, my friends. 
this Christmas season, I am believing that this is a season of wonders. How many believe and know that God has been doing miracles in our church? Almost every Sunday, almost every Sunday, we report on miracles that are happening in our church. It's a regular thing that is going on. Legit, proven by doctors, miraculous healings, restorations of relationships, things that God is doing that go above and beyond anything we can make happen. God is doing it. But my friends, there's a reason I'm sharing this right now, is I believe, man, this year's not done yet. My calendar tells me that we got 27 days left in this year, and this is a year of wonder, and the wonder who is Jesus does a whole lot of wonders in our lives. And I will not end this year without God doing a whole bunch more stuff. Is anybody with me? And so I want to be like Mary. There is a world around us that is broken, a world around us that is hurting, a world that is filled with people that have physical sickness and heart-level sickness and relational brokenness. And I want to be like Mary. I want to rush to where the brokenness is. And I want to, I'm not pregnant with Jesus, but I am pregnant with the Holy Spirit. I've got the Holy Spirit who has been birthed inside of me and I want to rush to this world in order to see sicknesses healed, to see blind people see, to see dead men rise up, to see broken people restored, to see those who don't know Jesus encounter Jesus. I want to be Mary. I don't want to just stay sitting at home enjoying the Holy Spirit. I want the Holy Spirit that is in me to actually do something through me. So look at somebody else close to you and tell them you need to be like Mary. And how many can say amen to that? Would you embrace Jesus' embrace? Would you receive that which he has for you no matter the size of the package it comes in? No matter the way Jesus chooses to show up? He can show up in all his glory and majesty, or he can show up as a few cells. But however Jesus shows up, the power of God is present. Understand that Elizabeth could not see Jesus. He was in the womb, but she knew his presence. And I want to be a person that detects his presence allows his presence to flow to me and then to flow through me so that this world might know Jesus. And I want to challenge all of us as the church, as the body of Christ, because Mary Mary was carrying the body of Jesus, but you and I are the body of Jesus on this earth. And that we would walk this out and be who Christ has called us to be so we might see this world change. Would you stand up with me today? And so Jesus, today, we are so grateful for your goodness. We're so grateful for how you show up to our lives, for how you change us and transform us, how you make us more like you. Jesus, we love you. We want you. We desire you. 
If you want more of Jesus, more of his presence, would you raise up your hands with me this morning? As we receive from the Lord, that's what he has for us. So Jesus, today, with our hands raised, some of us who have known you a long time, some of us who have known you a short time, and some of us who today are making a decision to meet you and to give our lives to you. Jesus, today, with our hands raised, we say, come. Come, Lord Jesus. Fill us with your presence. Fill us with your spirit. Fill us to overflowing with all that you have. Lord Jesus, we need you. We need more of you in us. We open up our lives, our hearts, our minds, all that we are to you. Fill us to overflowing. May we become the people that you desire us to be. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. How many can say amen to that? Amen. I want you to think real quick about this. Some of you in this room might be thinking, you know what, how can God use me? I don't know much of the Bible. How can God use me? I've only known him for a week or a month or a year. How can God use me? I don't have a lot of Bible verses memorized. How can God use me? I haven't studied theology. How can God use me? Let me tell you something. If Jesus was only a few days old when he filled John and Elizabeth with his Holy Spirit, then Jesus can most definitely use you, even if you are absolutely unequipped and unprepared. Oh, it's good to get equipped. It's good to get prepared. But know this, that there is no limit to what God can do through you. If you believe in Jesus, you are filled with his presence. And because you have his presence, the presence of the Spirit, God can use you to do amazing things. Believe it and walk in it. We're going to sing together as we prepare for our time of communion as a church. We have a God who has given everything for us. He came to this world and gave his life so that way we might be transformed by him. Let's sing together.